Hello, my name is Bruce Counts. I'm the president and CEO of LithoQuest Resources. We're a Canadian listed exploration company focused on high grade gold in northwestern Ontario. Hello, how are you, Bruce? Very good, thank you. Well, uh, you're, you're here in London. You're obviously at the show. You were talking to investor, prospective investors. How's the show going for you? It's been very good. Yeah. It's been very good. We've seen uh, some new people, uh, seen mm -hmm. some existing investors as well. So uh, quite well received. Oh, fantastic. And have you got many European investors? What's the kind of ratio to North American uh, Europe? We have quite a few uh, European investors. It's always hard to say exactly how many, but probably at least a third, I would think. Right. European based. What's the mood? Uh, it's been very positive. Uh, for, for us, it's been very positive. We have, you know, we've just captured new projects this year. So uh, the reception's been very good. Right, okay, so we've not met for spoken. We're gonna keep this fairly you know, high level sure. today and hopefully you'll come and join us in the new year. Um, so let, let's talk about um, your the basis on which you set this company up. What were you planning today? What's the business plan? Okay, well, so maybe I should back up and start. When we went public in late 2017, it was actually on a very early stage diamond exploration opportunity right. in Northwestern Australia. Yeah. And we had some technical, well, yeah, with the Quest Diamonds initially, yeah. uh, we had some technical success. Unfortunately, the economic success didn't come with yeah. it. So Kimberlites, but no diamonds. Yeah. So uh, at, in the beginning of 2020, we decided to put the those projects on care and maintenance. We put the company basically to ground. And I spent the next 15 months doing a lot of research, looking for the right set of assets mm -hmm. for the company. Because one of the things that my investors were looking for is uh, were projects that had all the exploration upside remaining, but still had enough sort of uh, historical work that we knew to be in the right area. So some drill holes. Right. Okay. Go from dimes to gold. Correct. What's so special about these projects, and why why would someone sell them to you? Well, they were actually non-core assets to an AIM-listed vehicle. Uh, so, and they'd been sitting in inventory for the better part of twenty years. Uh, they hadn't been focused, the, the company Landor had been focused on uh, its projects elsewhere in Ontario. So these had been sitting there quietly. And I think because there'd been no activity for 20 years, they'd just fallen off everybody's radar screen. So one of the great things about the government of Ontario is that they have a, a really good website where you can do a lot of research on all the historical information. And in doing so, we found these projects. We realized they were non-core assets to Landor. And so we set about trying to acquire them. But there was enough drilling to know that there was some high-grade gold around. Okay, okay. So back to the original question, which is, so what's, what's your plan now with these? How, how, do you, how do you build a company? How do you create value? So, well, drilling is how, in exploration, drilling is how we create value. So we, we are confident that we are in the right location. These are iron formation hosted gold. Uh, there's been enough drilling, as I said, that we know we're in the right place. So really for us, how do we add value? We expand the mineralization. It, the, it's pretty typical in exploration. You'll see there was a discovery in the 1940s that was made because the rocks outcrop, they're right on shore. Then in the late 1980s, when the gold price popped up, there was another round of exploration, a little bit more drilling, but really drilling in the same area. And then in, Landor came in in the uh, late 90s and did some drilling in the early 2000s, but then quickly got focused elsewhere. Right. And so uh, for us, we look at that and we say, okay, there's good drilling. We, we know that there's mineralization here, but there's still a lot of opportunity to expand that mineralization. Because, you know, we're not looking for 200,000 ounces of gold. We're looking for 2 million plus ounces of gold. Yeah, I mean, you use the word district in, in, in here, right? Sure. And you know, people sometimes bandy that around, you know, without necessarily understanding what it means or being able to communicate what that means. So, but it's just big, right? Correct. So small company, 8 million market cap, 
uh, I guess, limited funds at this moment, you've got to be really efficient with where you apply those funds. So how does one go about um, building a story off the back of that? Right. So we're very te technically driven. Um, so what our plan was once we acquired the properties is to create a comprehensive and unified database or homogenize the geology. You can probably appreciate with all the successive exploration programs, geologists call the same rock different things. So it was important to homogenize all that and, and make sure we had all the historical information. Right. And, and then, um, you know, do sort of our homework and some basic exploration to set us up for the greatest amount of drilling success possible in Q1 of 2022. And when we raised money in June to support what we were doing, we were very clear with investors that that was exactly what we were going to do. Do not expect us to take this money and go drilling yeah. uh, because we really want to make sure that we're set up for the greatest amount of success. So very technically driven program. Well, so put in, put in um, terms that people can, uh, retailer can understand, which, which is so how, how many meters, how desperate or far apart were are all of these data points, mm. and therefore, how much could you possibly understand about what's going on, on the ground, or what clues were you finding about what's going sure. on? Sure. Uh, okay, so there, in, uh, there's two projects that we're acquiring from Landor, uh, and the most advanced one is called Mimenesca. So there are two historical showings. They're separated by about 14 kilometers, right. and they both had enough drilling to know that we've got good gold endowment. But you know, there's the so same. It's not just a headline number. It's not like oh, here's a nice high grade which we can put as a headline. It's you, you're, it tells you enough that you say, well, actually, I think there's going to be more of that here. Oh yes, no question. Right. No question. Okay. Yeah. There's so uh, you know some some fantastic high grade drilling, but it's not just one or two holes. There's been enough drilling to know that there's consistently right. you know grade and size here. Right, because you, you spent 15 months chasing the right thing, right? Correct. So you had to settle on something. It wasn't a case of oh, crikey. I, this is good enough. It was no, no, no. Right. That, and that would not have been acceptable to the investors. They, they, they were really their expectation was that we would come back with something with quality that had clear path to growing ounces. Okay, it's exploration, so no, there's no certainty. But if you've got uh, you know all of the information ahead of you, you can sort of say, look, this has got the best shot I've seen in a long time right. at making a, a major discovery. Tell me a little bit about you, because I, I do want to come back to that. Tell me a little bit about you. What's the relevant experience? to the position you find yourself in now? Because money is relatively, relatively expensive at this point in terms of the dilutory every time you raise, right? So Absolutely. you've got to manage that process, manage the messaging into the marketplace and get on with the business of trying to understand what you've got there, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about what you've done, which is relevant to that. In, in terms of my background in yeah. exploration? Yeah. So, uh, Geological engineer, specializing in geophysics, um, have been in the business for 30 years. Uh, Ten of those years were technical. Right. Uh, I pretty quickly, after graduating, wound up working for BHP at what would become a Canada's first diamond mine. Right. Uh, and uh, I was there from the very first discovery right through to feasibility, building the mine, uh, and then went to work for the junior, uh, which was called Diamond. Had a 29% stake in that same mine. Right and worked on the international portfolio until the company was bought out. That was about an $800 million transaction. So that for me was sort of set the stage as, you know, the kind of incredible wealth creation that comes through discovery. So that was- But, but which bit? Because that's, yeah. that's diamonds, we're talking sure. gold now. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of managing money in a, in a small, small junior, that's, that, that's good. Mm -hmm. In terms of 
hunting for gold versus diamonds. Yep. Well, so part of that experience of going through, particularly with BHP, is I had a, a great privilege of working with what I call best-in-class technical people. So, you know, at 20 years in the corporate side, it's more about making sure that you're managing the money correctly, that you are negotiating deals correctly, that you're dealing with um, First Nations or, or Aboriginal issues uh, in, a, in a delicate and respectful way. Um, and then also making sure that you're surrounded by people who are best-in-class technical people. Right. And so that, my experience with BHP had introduced me to some of those people. Right. Working with you now? Correct. Who are they? Uh, probably one of the names that was probably most recognizable is Dr. Rob Carpenter. Uh, Rob was the founder of Kamenak, which found the coffee gold deposit in the Yukon and sold ultimately to, to Gold Corp. Rob actually wrote his PhD on uh, iron formation hosted gold in Nunavut at Meliodine. So it's very topical because that's exactly the kind of deposit we're looking for. The other person who's been a share, and I should also add that Rob's a major shareholder right. um, as well. The other, as in, he's put money in, not just been given it. Absolutely. Yeah. Got it. He's okay. got his own skin in the game. Okay. And then the, another person who's been a, a very valuable in terms of advice and, and guidance is John Williamson. John is the founder of the Metals Group of Companies, uh, probably the most well-known that right now is Benchmark Metals. Uh, and, and John's, you know, for his group of companies, has raised over $100 million. In fact, I think they just announced a $30 million bot deal for Benchmark. So he's not only a very astute, astute geologist, but he also has a great deal of experience in capital markets. So, you know, these are the kinds of people that I have behind me, helping me uh, sort through all of the, the gold and the data. So, uh, okay, okay. Now you, you raised obviously earlier in the uh, Two and a half million bucks or so. Is that right. the number, right? That's right. What do you do with that? Um, so that, as I mentioned, the, the we always intended for that money to be used to bring the company forward to the point of drilling. So uh, it compiled all the information we had. We flew very detailed airborne magnetic survey over the area, uh, and then also the very first LIDAR survey. So the magnetics was a, as much about finding the iron information as, as anything else, but it's also really good for understanding the structural environment, faults, the folds, the shear zones. LIDAR is also very good for that, it, so it's a complementary data set. Right. It also helps you to find outcrop where you might not have seen it otherwise, um, because you get such a great uh, um, digital terrain model. Right. So where you, you, know, you might think that you only had 10% outcrop, you might actually find you have 25% outcrop by just looking at that lighter. So obviously very helpful when you're out doing yeah. some prospecting and trying to understand. And how do you take the old, you've obviously inherited a bit of data because yes, there's a little bit of work had gone on before yes, of course. to help yep. you pick yes. these two projects, right? right. And then you're going to spend a bit of money right. yourself, yes. right? And so you've got layers of data, old and new. Yes. How, how do those complement each other in terms of what you thought right. or what you might have? Okay, so there's obviously it confirms the historical information, particularly and for the magnetics, absolutely. But also okay. because we did highly detailed surveys, um, you know, we get just get a lot more uh, resolution if you will, right. for the, for instance, the iron formations. Uh, and then we can do modeling inversions. These are new techniques that really didn't exist in the 80s. And, right. and, and they did in the early 2000s. But it, you know, the, the software and the refining of the process goes a long way. So uh, that was you know, very helpful. The other thing that we have access to, uh, and we've just pulled this core, is 3,000 meters of core that okay. Landor had in their yard in Thunder Bay. So you, know, you can read all the reports you want. There's nothing like actually going through the rock. So we're able to pull that core into our own facility, and we're relogging it and looking at how the style of mineralization. What are we? Need, what tools do we need to identify where that mineralization is? Fantastic, three thousand meters. Oh right, and and so there was there were old reports and analysis on that. But you're saying, Absolutely. do you know what? It's better now. 
yes, more likely to give us a different yeah. set of results. Yeah. Well, and just eyes Have on the Have you done rocks, that yet? Right? We're, we're in the process of doing that. Oh, just okay. before coming here, we had pulled the, we had all the core in a new facility and we had just started the logging. So, you know, a couple of things really stand out for us. Yeah. Uh, first of all, the gold is completely associated with sulfide. Um, and where there's no sulfide, there's no gold. But equally important, there's no places that we could identify where there was sulfide without gold. Right. So the next step for us, after having you know flown the mag and the lidar, and also going out into the field, we, in October we went into the field, did some prospecting, we did um, soil sampling, right. and we also did biogeochemical sampling. So sampling yeah. bark. In this part of Ontario, it's not uncommon to see uh, uh, very poor soil development in areas. Yeah. So uh, you know what do you do when you've got poor soil? You can't collect soil samples, and there's no route crop. So there's a, a professor at Lakehead University, which is in Thunder Bay, who's done a lot of work on biogeochemical geochemical sampling. Uh, he helped us set up our protocols. He's given us our standards. And so we did a, a sort of a calibration survey over an area where we knew we had gold and soil yeah. and then used that elsewhere on the property. So idea is that that would give us an edge in places where you don't have good soil development. Uh, so after having done that, we then pulled this core out. Um, having looked and seen the, the sulfides are, are, you know, really associated with the gold. And so now we want an EM survey because there's been very little EM done on any, on any of these projects. The government did a, a sort of a regional EM survey, but it doesn't give us the resolution we want. But what we realize now is because we've got these great um, con conductors in the sulfides that if you have coincident conductivity and magnetics, drill there. Right, and so you're surrounded by a lot of other operators, right? So you've got some clues as to what this greenstone belt is, is typically giving up. Correct. Um, so, I mean, just explain that because investors want to know what they're, they're investing into and what it, what it could be in there for how to value it. We're open pit, are we underground? What, what sort of grades? Yeah, so it, I guess the analog for us would be uh, Muscle White. Muscle White's about 150 kilometers to the northwest. It's mm -hmm. iron formation hosted gold. Mm -hmm. It's over 6 million ounces underground mine. It's owned by Newmont. And as I understand, it's one of Newmont's most profitable mines. So right. that's you know, if we're looking for something, we're looking for multi-million ounce deposits that yeah. would be fairly high grade. You know, a, a grade of five to six ounces or okay. grams per ton. Okay, me. so that's what Chase because greenstone people think is usually a little bit lower on average. Sure, yeah, but I mean, the underground is giving up a bit more. Yeah, so. Muscle white being the, the yeah. example, but yeah. that's sort of the holy grail in the area where we are. At, but know, is, is it typical? And it's the holy grail, but is it typical? And that's um, one example. It's, not, who, uncommon. it's not uncommon in these uh, iron formation hosted gold deposits to have quite high grade. Uh, if you look at meliodine and lupin, for instance, two other yeah. high grade uh, iron formation hosted gold. So no, it's not, it's not a typical of that kind of deposit to have high grade like that. Okay. I guess you'll see. Because I think where, where you're at at the moment, you're kind of in that kind of black magic, black art stage where it's pre-drilling, where people don't quite understand the, the, the LIDAR or the geo mapping, et cetera. And it's, it's you know, layering all of this data on to give you some targets to go after. Correct. Correct. Again, to be the most efficient you yep. can be with, with the drilling process. So you're going to what need to raise some money when that you get in that drill correct. phase. So when, when's so, that going to be? Right. So the, the whole plan was, you know, as I mentioned, we told the investors we're not going to be drilling. But they did say, look, go about, do your homework. Yeah. Uh, come back to us when you're finished. Show us what you've got, the targets you have. Yeah. And uh, if they warrant more drilling and more money, then we'll be happy to right. put money on the table. So we've got, you know, we've got some lead orders provided that we can demonstrate that there's worthy targets. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you know, so we're in the process of doing that. We expect we'll raise money probably early in the new year to support the drilling program. Right. And is that going to come from the existing show? Because you've got to got the Crest Cats and the Plethora and the Rossos. It, yes. You know. 
of this world are in, yes. the, in there. So yeah. they, they, are they the guys who are going to stump up the cash? Yes. Yeah, certainly they'll be uh, a part of the financing. That I, you know. the, I'm just trying to work out what, what type of financing it would be because obviously you've got about 42% uh, retail in there. there, there yeah, there, I, I actually think that's probably uh, an overestimation of the amount of retail. You know, right. Because with a lot of family offices and, and high okay. net worth individuals that we don't know how many shares they hold. But if okay. you look at the way we trade, we, we don't trade very frequently. We don't trade right. like we have a lot of retail in our, in our stock. Better take your prime point then. <laughs> but you know you can't really tell exactly how much uh, is held by family offices and high net worth investors. Yeah. So we pegged it at where we did because look, it could be retail. Mm. You know that's this is the other fifty three percent. We know where that is. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're confident in those hands. Right. But uh, you know, we, so we say it's re, it's forty seven percent retail. Okay, see, so fairly standard raised when when at the point you want to go there. You, I mean, you're raising little chunks of money, so you're obviously conscious of dilution. Very conscious, absolutely. Right. Okay, but if you go do drilling, you would expect to. And typically, in a program like this, you'd be doing what three thousand meters, five thousand meters, meters uh, would be the minimum that we'd like right. to see. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, five to ten thousand meters okay. is sort of ideal. Um, the idea being that we'd want to spend sort of seventy-five to eighty percent of that drilling budget on the the showings that we understand and where there has been drilling, so we know that there's gold nice. there, and we feel like we can grow mineralization analysis there. But you know, when you mentioned district scale, one of the things we want to do is develop a pipeline of targets. So, you know, if, if you're drilling on target A and it doesn't really work out, you have target B, C, D, Absolutely. that you can continue to chase. Chase that discovery. Absolutely. One oh. drill hole away. One Always <laughs> one drill hole away. <laughs> Bruce, thanks for the summary. Yeah, uh, thanks for coming in. Pleasure. I appreciate you making time because yeah. I know you're busy across uh, the road meeting uh, shareholders and, and potential investors. So um, let's catch up in the new year when yeah. things have moved on and when you're at that point of yeah, make a decision around drilling yes. and timing. Yeah, and I think we'll be able to demonstrate. You know, we'll have that uh, that geological model that we're building on the where the existing drilling is. Yeah. We'll be able to show the market that we have some very compelling targets. I believe. Beautiful. Excellent. Thank you.